Hey guys, and welcome to another awesome episode of Triggered. And today's episode is going to be extra special because we'll be joined by comedy legend, Emmy and Golden Globe winner, and all-around superstar, Roseanne Barr. I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, so really excited to have her on here. We, of course, all know her from the hit show, Roseanne. Uh, if you're my age, you grew up with it every week. Uh, more recently, she's been the target of left-wing cancel culture and that whole mob that now hates comedy and basically anything that isn't woke. Roseanne is a strong voice for many Americans who are fed up with woke Hollywood and insane political correctness. And now, Roseanne has a podcast as well. She's also out with a new show on X that she launched in partnership with Public Square. Michael Seifert, its CEO, has been on here many times. A great option for you guys participating in the Patriot economy. So you've all heard about it, but I'm excited to have her be a part of it and have her unapologetic style out there for the masses. This is what we need. This is how we're gonna make comedy funny again. This is gonna be a really fun one. So there's so much to talk about. Make sure that you guys like, share, and subscribe. Uh, that way you see the content. Download the Rumble app. It's the only way we're gonna get this message out. If you also miss the show or you can't watch it live, you can check it out on Spotify. We'll put it up usually the day or two after the show so you can catch up on all the triggered episodes that you don't get to see live or perhaps don't wanna watch on your computer. But if you're driving, do that. It's on Spotify, it's on iTunes podcast. Check it out there uh, if that's where you get your stuff. Again, like, share, subscribe. And before I get to Roseanne, I wanna make sure to thank our incredible sponsors for supporting this kind of program. Uh, that ain't easy. Be sure, folks, to check out the guys over at GoldCo. Interest rates are rising. We're seeing the inflation, reckless spending, global turmoil, Biden caused disasters day in and day out. And it's only leading to more economic anxiety. So I just want you to be prepared. And owning tangible, physical, inflation hedging gold and silver can help secure and stabilize your portfolio. GoldCo is top-notch customer service. They'll answer all your questions. They'll walk you through the whole process step-by-step step so you learn. Okay, go to donjuniorgold.com. D-O-N-J-R gold.com to learn more, to educate yourself. Let them teach you what it is so you can make an informed decision rather than letting some, you know, DEI hire make decisions for you. That's D-O-N-J-R, Don Jr. Gold.com. Hey guys, I want to introduce you to a brand new sponsor, Constitutional Wealth, where you can align your money with your values. We talk about it over and over again, guys. It's like a, the constant theme on this show, which is supporting companies who support you, believe in your values, believe that the things that we all believe. At Constitutional Wealth, you'll be empowered to make financial decisions to protect you and your family that align with your patriotic freedom-loving values. Reject ESG woke madness. Get a financial plan with a conservative values-based outcome. At Constitutional Wealth, they respect liberty and freedom and believe in helping people fulfill their God-given potential. And their key promise is giving you the resources you need to accelerate your financial performance centered around your core values. Pretty self-explanatory and it makes a lot of sense for what you're looking for. I think you get the opposite in most of the banks out there now that are trying to cancel you. So to learn more and to schedule a free consultation, go to Constitution Wealth dot com slash Don Jr. That's Constitution, as in the document we all know and love, constitutionwealth 
Dungeonmasters.com slash Junior. And again, let them take you through it so you can make the decisions and empower yourself for the future. ConstitutionalWealth.com slash Junior. Also, don't forget to check out the great folks at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. I say it day in and day out. We got to support the companies who support you. And I have a feeling you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket. So if you do have a cell phone in your pocket, if not, you're probably still living in the Stone Age. Uh, if you do have one, do it with Patriot Mobile, where you put America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Patriot Mobile provides you dependable wireless service at an affordable price, putting your dollars into action and supporting freedom-loving values. They literally donate a portion of every dollar uh, that they make to support groups that fight for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the sanctity of life, protecting our brave police and first responders. They fight school board battles uh, you know, in their hometowns uh, to make sure that woke lunatics aren't indoctrinating our children. So for free, fast, Simple activation, go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered. Okay, it's very simple. You can vote with your wallet. You can keep funding the causes that hate you. Big telecom, obviously, uh, you know, trying to cancel a lot of conservative program out there. That's not uh, even, you know, that's just not even disputed anymore. Uh, big corporate in general, pushing woke stuff. So you can have your money working for this things that you believe in, or you can have your hard-earned dollars working against you. I recommend the former. So go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered for free fast activation. You're not going to regret it. So guys, we're going to have some fun with this one. Okay, guys, joining us now, uh, the one and only, the legend, I think maybe the last of the funny people, because at least she doesn't care. She's willing to go out there and say what's actually funny as opposed to uh, the rest of comedy. So we have Roseanne Bard joining us today. Roseanne, how's it going? Pretty good, thank you. What about yourself? Oh, you know, man, it's a uh, we're living in crazy times. Uh, it, you know, up is yeah. down, uh, left is right. No one knows what the hell's going on, and you know, we have seemingly idiots in charge. So it's a little bit scary. It is scary. It's very frightening. Um, yeah, it's a it's a backwards day every day. Yeah, well, it just you know, it's just madness. So I mean, we we see madness in politics, but but there's maybe no one better than you to share your perspective on sort of the madness that's taken over Hollywood, the madness that's taken over uh, comedy than you. I mean, you, you've been at this for a long time. Uh, you know, what's your thirty thousand foot view? Uh, of the direction of the country, of those institutions, and how it's impacting, you know, the message and the issues that, that you're going to be talking about in your new show. Well, I just like to, you know, my new show, my new podcast, um, it's very interesting because I, I just like to converse with people. So, uh, you know, I like to hear people's ideas, especially when they don't 100% agree with me. Mm -hmm. And that's novel for our country right now. Uh, it seems like everybody just wants to hear their own opinion parroted back to them. I guess they feel safe that way. But that's the most unsafe thing I think that could happen yeah. is that everybody factions around their very own opinion and loses the ability to converse and to, uh, you know, open their mind to uh, the possibility of solutions for the problems that plague all of humanity. You know, it's yeah. like a, a 
kind of a refusal to deal with reality, uh, you know, beyond putting your head in the sand. It's just a refusal to deal with people who, you know, are on the other side of things. But I think the most important thing is that it's the manufactured narrative. That's all that matters. You know, Marshall McLuhan wrote that the medium is the message. And I think that is so true. And it's, uh, but what is the message? And the message is just a crafted, uh, a, a crafted narrative and each side or, you know, all five sides, however many there are, just has their own manufactured narrative that they parrot and that they kind of beat people into submission to uh, repeat over and over a big lie, all of it, mostly to deny reality and to separate us. And uh, that's really what I think the world is about, just beating people down until they accept the approved manufactured narrative. And uh, it's just, it's frightening. It's, it's frightening as hell because that's just fascism, com Stalinism. You know, well, it's and it's interesting because you know, they, it seems like the left these days, they, you know, everyone's a fascist, everyone's a racist. I, you know, I know they've called you an anti-Semite as a Jewish woman, and yet you see what's going on over the last two weeks, and you say, uh, you know, all the people that seem to be preaching tolerance and all of these things, they don't really seem to like the Jews that much. I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, pro-Hamas. Uh, pro uh, well, they deserve to, I mean, women and children being slaughtered in the streets. Well, they deserved it. I'm saying... You know, that's the tolerant left out there. I mean, it's it's so much worse. You've been pushing the boundaries on that in your, your whole career, really. Uh, when you did the Roseanne remake, uh, you know, they couldn't believe it was like a pro-America thing. Who would watch this? And it's like, you're the only person in all of Hollywood that got it. It's the reason it was the number one show. You, you, got, you said some stuff that was controversial. They canceled you like that. I see a lot of people saying stuff get really controversial, really bad every day. And as long as they're partaking in that narrative, there's no cancellation of them. They, they get to apologize and they move on like nothing happens. You, they tried to take out your entire career. Well, they did take out my entire career as well as my, all of my work, my, uh, my lifetime of work. And it isn't, it's because the tweet that they canceled me over was true. And the one thing they don't like is anybody to, to talk about the truth. And in fact, it my tweet was prescient because it was a tweet after you remove their the all the BS that they did to try to uh, um, disguise what I was saying. But I, I it was uh, you know my tweet was uh, within in the context of my tweet was a, a three month conversation with people in Iran, mostly journalists. And we were talking about how Valerie Jarrett and Obama's Iran deal was an existential threat to the Jews in Israel. That's what my tweet was about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the left didn't like that. They didn't like, you know, the left who control Hollywood, particularly Bob Iger of Disney. Um, he, it, it was at that time and still today, really, it's not allowed to criticize anything of the Obama administration. And, you know, they're blatant, what I call the anti-Semitism. Uh, very, you know, the left is very Jew-hating and um, they hate Israel and they hate 
Jews and, uh, you know, uh, they're exactly like the very far right who agrees with them on all those things. And so they're just the extremists. That's just what I call them. I'm not going to call them left or right anymore. They're just uh, fascists. They are fascists. They're book burners, censors, and Stalinists is a better word for them. But um, they're actually both. Yeah, well, they, they, were, they were preaching a lot of that over the last few years because everyone that didn't agree with them was a racist and a fascist. And, you know, they, they even used the word anti-Semite. And yet like this, you know, again, in the last week we saw, you know, a Stanford professor line up Jewish students, put them in the corner uh, for some sort of apparent, you know, apartheid, you know, that they had nothing to do with in, uh, in Israel. Uh, you saw Harvard professors, uh, a bunch of Ivy Leagues. Uh, condone not just the existence of Palestinian people, but like the actions of Hamas. Like, it, like you know, they're like, well, there's, and then, you know, they do the, there's no evidence. I'm like, no, no, no. If you GoPro your atrocities, you're wearing a GoPro camera and you download it. Like there's that, that's the evidence folks. And, and they're pretending like it doesn't exist. I mean, and when you look at the left and how, you know, many, frankly, uh, ma many, you know, w wealthy Jews in America have been funding, whether it's, you know, high academia or a lot of left wing causes and uh, a lot of left wing politicians. You know, you know, the anti-Semitism exists, but it wasn't until two weeks of that. You're like, oh, my God, like that is uh, that was a level that I, I couldn't have actually imagined. When I saw the imperialist argument, the colonizer for Israel, I'm like, Israel's like this big. And then you look at the rest of the region and it's and it's all, you know, it's obviously all, you know, Muslim. There's small factions of, you know, Jewish population, Coptic Christians in Egypt and everything like that. But, you know, when you actually think about the history and the, and the growth of you know, just the Muslim faith, I mean, they took over vast areas of that whole region, uh, not because people wanted to necessarily become Muslim and adapt those things, but they did it very aggressively. If they'd move into an area, they'd attack and that you had three options. You convert to... Uh, Islam, uh, you pay a big or a very large tax to so some of the wealthy communities. That's why, again, a wealthy Jewish community and, you know, aspect in parts of the Middle East could still exist. Uh, maybe a, a Coptic Christian kind of community that was wealthy could exist. And if you didn't convert, you were beheaded. So, I mean, the, the, the history of Islam is not, you know, necessarily one of peace. That doesn't mean that everyone today is, but like that would be uh, certainly far more imperialistic, in my opinion, uh, then, well, you know, Israel going back to a native homeland that, you know, in, encompasses, you know, a half a percent of the entire region. Yeah, well, it is an expansionist thing. Islam is an expansionist religion. And uh, all of that aside, uh, you know, I think it's changing, too. I think it's changing with Ben Salman. I think he's a real great reformer. But, uh, you know, the Jews are under international law again. They are the indigenous people of Judea and Samaria, and that is fact. Mm -hmm. So you cannot say that an indigenous population that returns and never left, by the way, uh, you can't call the indigenous people colonizers of their own land. And, you know, uh, but all this is also part of the um, plan of the owners of the world to dislodge tribal people from owning their, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. 
their own land and to live on top of their sacred burial grounds, which is what how you define indigenous rights. So it's really, I, I look at it as it is an assault on all tribal people and all indigenous rights against this huge corporatocracy that doesn't want any of that. They don't want any nation states. They don't want any tribal people. They just want one big world of their slaves, basically. But, uh, you know, when you really do know international law and how they twist it, it's just a mind blower. But it, it's definitely a part of uh, mind control of populations to get us at each other because we used to have a lot of, uh, you know, black and Jewish people used to be a, a, a big force to be reckoned with for individual rights and stuff. And so they had to divide that population and, and it weakened all of us. Every division they bring here in America, uh, people against people, it weakens all people. So, you know, that's, that is what they're after. And, you know, like, like I say, if it wasn't for your dad, I don't think we'd have any part of America left for any of us. Yeah, no, it's scary. You talk about the corporatocracy, and I, I sort of like that because I think you're right. I, I, I feel like almost the same thing uh, is happening in Ukraine right now. It's like, let's send men to their death. All the women will move to, you know, Western Europe and they'll get out of there and whatever it is. And, you know, BlackRock's going to come in and own all the farmland in the breadbasket of the world. And like you, you see the narrative playing out. Everyone, oh, that's conspiratorial. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, you yeah. see the people who are like, hey, we'll go back in there and we'll rebuild Ukraine. I'm like, ah, this doesn't work well for the world. I mean, it's it's that globalist mentality and it, it's the same thing. Yeah, it is. That's a mentality of a psychopath that thinks that uh, they could remake the world and um, dislodge people from their, you know, ancient homelands. And, you know, what do they do with them after? You know, like it, it's just exactly what happened is happening now in Lahaina with the Hawaiian people, you know, just dislodge them and give them no place else to go. I mean, that that's everywhere, including in the Middle East. And yeah. what's so sad about it is that if we took those globalists out of it with their, it really is a mentality of slavery. And when they talk about one world, they're talking about a one world that, of course, they rule. Yeah. It, it isn't democratic or any of that stuff that they talk yeah. about. They, they talk about your carbon footprint life. while flying in a G5, right? They, they, they want you right. to eat bugs. They'll still be eating fillets. Like, it, it, you know, it, it's, you know, it's different. They're, they're the elite. They can they can get away with that. What you get to actually deal with is very different. You know, you, you talk about, you know, there's a reason, you know, if we go back to sort of the Israel-Palestine issue, the, I don't see any of the other Arab nations in the area welcoming uh, the Palestinians into them. You know, Hamas can brutalize, murder, maim, rape people in the streets, and then they go hide in a school where they launch missiles back at Israel for, and then when Israel attacks, they say, they're attacking the school. I go, no, motherfuckers, you're attacking a missile base. If these people choose to hide behind their children uh, so that so that they don't get struck by, if they choose to hide in schools and hospitals while conducting, like, you know, you sort of see the moral high ground, and yet the media will go out there in full defense of them as though there's like, I can't believe Israel would attack a school. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, yeah. It's so but ridiculous that, that's at this all point. The that's all the owners of the world doing that too, because what they don't tell you is how Hamas is just like uh, in in Los Angeles, the Crips or the Bloods, 
you know, a, a real a violent gang. Mm -hmm. And they control the human beings who live there under their rule. They don't have elections. They don't have anything, you know, that yeah. uh, they have the elections. Go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they haven't had any for something like eight to 12 years. But, you know, the, their gang, their cartel of violence uh, rules every every human. So, uh, of course, no mother would choose to send her child to a school knowing that it's, you know, underneath the school are, are weapons of war. But, you know, they don't tell the people. And it's so, I mean, you could draw parallels to our country too. People don't know they're, you know, living in unsafe places in our country either. But, you know, then to blame, you know, it's just so ugly. But when you look at uh, pay for slay, the, uh, and I want to say every time jobs were introduced to Gaza and the West Bank, the left attacked those jobs that were held by Palestinians to give them, um, uh, you know, hope because they don't have any because there's no economic development or anything going on there for the most part. But every time, and it was largely Israel that brought industry there, the left would attack and boycott those till the people, the Palestinian people lost their jobs. And you could look up SodaStream and, and see that that's true. Um, you know, the, Israel b brought industry for the Palestinians because they thought, well, this is an economic bridge we could build with the people for peace. Then the left came in and boycotted that and all those jobs went away. So every time there's a movement towards peace between the Palestinian people and the Jewish people, the left hates that. The left hates peace. The left hates dialogue. The left hates solutions. The left likes blood and war and division, and that's why they have a red. You know, the red in the, in the in the Soviet flag. It was for blood, but you know, because there always must be a violent revolution, if, even if you have to create it and fund both sides, which the owners of the world, who are billionaire socialists, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. They fund both sides of every conflict. That right there shows it's bullshit, yeah. in my opinion. Because this is the first time I ever got canceled when I, I was trying to give a speech in Marin County to those Democrat donors that are largely Jewish. That's who I was speaking to about why are you funding things like BDS and your other NGOs that uh, fund pay for slay? Because the only job that a lot of these guys can get in Gaza was pay for slay, which they're paying for Jewish blood. So, you know, that that's part of the funding of every cartel. You know, yeah. they have what to- What was their answer for that in Marin County? Huh? What was the answer for that what? in Marin County? Oh, I'm gonna tell you. So I was up there to ask them, why are you increasing and, and funding anti-Semitism and Jewish death and paying for the death of Jews and then calling yourself Jews. Why are you doing that? Are you not aware of where this money is going and pay for slay? And you know, you can look up pay for slay. It's all over the, the internet. You can get the information. And so uh, that was my first deplatforming because they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to be questioned. They didn't want to be confronted. And that was my first time uh, being deplatformed and called a racist. So um, you, you've been targeted so other times, probably, obviously, just for, for being well, out of step no, with, you know, yeah. being out of step with woke Hollywood. I know, I guess it was 2018. 
you know, Disney fired you. I guess it was ABC, but Disney, the parent company. You were the number one show in the country for a company who's like, let's say it, it's their stock was in free fall uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. So you were number one show in the country from the, like, I know what that means. That's a really big deal in that world. Uh, you know, clearly, million viewers. Yeah, that wasn't a business decision, viewers. right? That, that wasn't a business no. decision. You were the number one show in the country. You appeal to, you know, let's call it half the country who there was no other outlet for. Conservatives, you know, were mocked on television, made to look like schmucks the whole time. Uh, you were number one. Who do you think made that ask to get you pulled off? Because I know how, how far a lot of people, uh, what they can get away with in that world, uh, you know, as long as they're sort of partaking in the narrative. But if you're number one, they don't pull you for almost any reason. Yet you got pulled, uh, presumably because you're a conservative. You know, who do you think was involved in that, and how did that process play out? Well, I know exactly how it played out. Um, it was Bob Iger, the president of ABC, personally fired me, and he said in interviews later that the first phone call he met made was to Valerie Jarrett to apologize to her on, you know, that I was such a disgusting racist. And, you know, people may not know that when I saw the picture of Valerie Jarrett next to uh, the picture of a character from the movie I referenced, I I thought she was a white woman. And I explained that to ABC. And I said, let me go on your television shows. You know, let me go on The Viewer, Jimmy Kimmel, both of which have done blackface and explain you didn't fire them so let me go on there and uh you know explain and you know make an apology or an explanation uh you know i say that in my act because it is so shocking and also uh the legion of pedophiles that were caught at disney they didn't fire any of them either and i kind of feel like they used my uh they used me to cover that up because that was also going on at the same time too um one of their directors had like 10,000 tweets about molesting boys and they didn't fire him, but they fired me. But anyway, um, he said his first call was to her and then Michelle Obama and then Barack Obama called to thank Bob Iger personally for firing me because the whole thing, like I say, was about me saying how the, the Obama administration's Iranian deal was an existential threat to the Jewish people. And it is, and that was proven in the last two weeks. My tweet was too true for them. Yeah. No, I mean, and, when you, when know, you look at the, certainly they, the geopolitical they, they component of it. Tweet, they took my tweet apart and, and turned it from a political tweet to make it into a racial, racial tweet, which it was not. And uh, they said that the whole tweet meant, I said black people look like monkeys. So. To, that is how racist the left is. I think that that proves it right there, that they would take uh, you know, a three-month conversation about what the Iran deal meant to the Iranian people, particularly the Iranian middle class, that they would think that I am that stupid after the, after the content I had given them for all those years, that they think that I'm that stupid? Yeah. But anyway, they do, and they so they said, oh, her tweet says black people look like monkeys. Uh, it's just astounding to me how racist you have to be to get that out of it. No, I, 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 without question. Yeah, I mean, your, your whole are- career, though, whether it be, you know, stand-up, you know, the character, you know, Roseanne Connor that you played uh, in the original show and, and the remake. Oh, they killed her. They killed her. 
Yeah, well, it didn't work without her because you were the actual star. You were the genius behind it. You were the one that, I mean, you tapped into sort of, uh, you know, American society, right? What you, you talk about it often in terms of class, and it's resonated with your audience for decades. I mean, even the original one as a kid, it was all, it was always that. It was a it was a blue collar household, and uh, it was real, and it wasn't you know sort of this contrived machination of you know the world in you know rose colored glasses that the left wants to believe exists, or at least sell you uh, that it exists. But now with Democrats, as you said, like everything is racist. And again, on their narrative, right? Uh, it's the easy well, I button. I always knew them to be. I always knew them to be the ultimate of racist because it's pretty astounding that it was such a fight for me all those years on my show to integrate. First of all, my crew. They they were resistant to me having an integrated crew. And I said, well, I can't do this show about working class people without an integrated crew because the working class is the most integrated class in America. In fact, yeah. it's like the only. Uh, and so I have to have an integrated crew. So they fought me on that, but they really fought me when it came to having black people as producers or writers. They, they never wanted that. They said, oh, they're all pro-integration. Oh, all the black writers and producers work on black shows. We can't have a show where we have black producers and black writers along with white producers. And, and I felt like, no, this is America. This is an integrated country. You're not going to take me back to segregation. Of course, they fought me on all that too, day by day for all those years. And it was hard for me to be that person. That took a tear, a wear and tear on my body and my soul and my mind and my family to mm -hmm. fight like that. And they are the very same people who called me a racist. Because I said, yeah. you know, in their definition, their racist definition, my tweet, they're the same people. And that infuriates me. And it's why I wouldn't go silently. And I will never go silently because I know the history of it, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a segregationist. I, I don't believe that racist races should be segregated in this country. I don't believe that you know, because I know where that leads. That means that black kids get the shittiest schools and, you know, they don't graduate from high school and they can't read, which is pr proven in statistics and data. And they go straight to, you know, the, their main line to go to prison. And that's what the Democrats do. It's what they like in every blue city. They want that. They want a docile workforce that they oppress. And I think that's why they freaked out and did what they did in the 2020 election, because I think the Democrat Party was freaked out to the bone that so many black people were voting for your dad and they couldn't have it. Yeah, I guess they had to maintain sort of, you know, the, the racist notion. You know, I guess, you know, they, they talk about racism, they talk about systemic oppression and all of this stuff, but they don't talk much about class because I, I think these days, oh, never, today's Democrat Party, they hate, you know, they hate the middle class of America. They hate hard work. They look down on them. You know, they got their, you know, academic, you know, gender studies degrees and PhDs from Harvard. Now, you know, they couldn't hold down a regular job with that, but it doesn't matter. They're the elite in their mind. You know, why is well, talking about class such a threat to them? Because they are privileged. And they, that's what they really protect. They are privileged. Uh, you know, they, they uh, are a privileged class and they will do everything because they're billionaire socialists. And uh, 
the thing that they care about most is to not have any of us ever talk about class or caste system that does exist in this country. And they want no word of it ever. And that's why I originally wanted to do a show that didn't make working class people look like buffoons. And they hated that too. They hated that I showed the working class family as having dignity, though they were in hard times. They always hated that. And I, I had to pretty much stand alone there too to change their jokes that they would, if you would ever uh, see the scripts they would turn in that I would see, you know, sit there and rewrite. It, it just was astounding to me. But yeah, they hate the discussion of class because it's too real. Because this is a country where if you're born poor, you're going to die poor. And and it, it, it is uh, by design. And it's a, a miracle that I was born poor and rose it's a miracle when that happens anymore it used to happen a lot more than it does now but because of you know democrats and their stupid laws that prevent anybody from rising um they're the ultimate classes as i say and part of uh classism is racism and so when they're always disguising classism by talking about racism all the time it's a system of class, and one of the symptoms of classism is racism. It's not the other way around. And it is by design that they always obscure race, classism with their uh, talk about racism and their talk about every other diversion to take away from the fact that it is an economic thing. It is economics. It's nothing but. Yeah. Do you and ever this think is a class war. This is a class war. It's no other kind of war. They just put fancy names on it. Like their male, male supremacy in a dress. That's what we're going through right now. Where yeah. men take over what what gains women made by putting on a dress. It's, it's uh, you know, male supremacy in a dress. It's racism, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, well, it's more than racism. It's really anti-Semitism coming from black people being used by white supremacy. It's just crazy. Everything's an inversion of uh, its meaning. And they use words to destroy meaning. They use words like fidelity and trust when they're stealing your money. I mean, it's all just mind control to keep us helpless. Well, you, you, talk, you started talking about sort of males, and, and it's sort of interesting. You're right. You know, it's okay for males to dominate women's sports, and I'm trying to w figure out where the mothers that you know fought for Title IX are, and you know, the mothers of you know kids. You know, I have I have two daughters that are good athletes, and you know, they're out there all the time, and it, you know, watching these men take over sports. But at the same time, in TV, I feel, you know, they've they've done whatever they can to always make the father figure seem like a dipshit. Uh, you know, he's, he's the dumb idiot. Like every show, it's just like, it's, it's typecast. Uh, you know, and you know, maybe that's Hollywood sort of attack on, you know, the fictitious patriarchy. But I think, you know, having, having proper, you know, gender roles in a family, I think probably statistically works out to be much better for people than sort of, you know, effeminized males. I don't know that any society survived really long period of time with, uh, with no male presence. Uh, you, is that also yeah. created well, and by design? Because I can't help but notice it happens every time in, you know, in TV for of the last 30 years. Of course it is. Of course it is. Like every time that a uh, imperialist uh, entity goes in to destroy, uh, you know, indigenous 
people, the first thing they do is arrest all the males and send them away. They put them in prison or they send them to labor in other countries. And then they have uh, women that have to go to work, which leaves the children unprotected. And it seems that that's what they want. They want easier access to children. It's so sick and so dark. We don't talk about that either, but they do. They want access to the children. And I do, I, I do think that for their nefarious sickness, and I'll say it, their satanic reasons of uh, control of people to you they don't care about human life at all yeah you know you know what it sounds extreme it sounds extreme but the reality if you look at the facts it's like i it's hard to actually draw much you know different a conclusion you know it's one thing if someone says something extreme and there's nothing actually backing it up but you talk about you know you mentioned the pedophiles i'm like it's strange that they're always protecting that they you know they they push you know the the undue force of the trans mafia, you know, a, a, a group that makes up 0.02% of the population seems to have That's more power than any lobby in all of the media and Hollywood. I'm like, ew, that, that isn't just a coincidence. That didn't magically happen under the guise of equality. Like, there are undue forces working there, and they're not, they, they have to be nefarious. Well, it is all nefarious, and that's just a theater group for the owners of the world, you know. Uh, uh, everything that we see on media is just theater. Mm-hmm. It, like Frank Zappa called uh, called uh, media the uh, entertainment arm of the military-industrial complex. I and like I that. think that's true. true. Yeah, it is. I think it is true. He was a friend of mine and a brilliant man, and here's what's really timely about it. It was his music that Vaclav, Vaclav Havel uh, used in his overthrow of, Stal- of the Stalin estate, you know, that the yeah. people were so, because it was freedom in the form of music. So any kind of freedom inspires people to be more free. And that's why I wanted to come back to television to do that, to say, we can be free of mind control, we can be free of hate. I wanted to show a Hillary hater and a Trump hater, both in the same family, yet they still loved each other and they still talked and they still communicated. And I I felt like this country was so horribly divided that I, I wanted to be part of fighting that because I knew that, you know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I knew they were trying to take us all down with that because they don't like individual rights, which is what this country is about. They don't like rights for women and they don't like individual rights, nor do they like people having private property. And when they talk about Israel being the colonizer, Israel is the only country in the world that has the paperwork that proves that they paid for that land. Yeah. You know, well, you know, it's when you're talking about all, all of that with the paperwork, yeah. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, to what you're just talking about, I mean, in many ways, Roseanne, the show was prophetic, right? It showed how yeah. globalization could destroy economies of the Midwest, right? We're going to take your yeah. American dream and we're going to ship it to China so we can save half a cent on a widget, right? It decimated yeah. factory towns. It, it, it showed... Uh, the impact of those terrible decisions by, you know, globalist sort of, you know, government officials and others, uh, what what that impact meant on a family. You know, back then, 
uh, those types of working class patriots were probably more likely to be Democrats. But now yeah. uh, that Democrat party doesn't exist. That Democrat party is, you know, making sure that your children are learning about the 9,476 genders. You know, they don't need to learn math or like, no, that who cares about that? We're going to teach them and program yeah, them. That's with really going to help them get a job. Yeah. But now those people are Donald Trump supporters. Uh, right. So the disdain for them has come out even more. So at the time, you know, when you were doing, and this is really the, even the original show. I mean, you were sort of, this was going on and, and you saw mm -hmm. it, but did, did you know that the show was sort of a warning uh, of what the so-called elites were really trying to do, uh, you know, and, and what happened to I these did. communities? I did, and I kept feeling the whole time I was doing it and I was fighting so hard because I do believe in some ways the medium is the message. And believe me, if they knew what I was doing, they never would let me do it. Mm -hmm. But they're so stupid, they didn't know what I was doing, thank God. But I was reaching out like a, like a radio free America to the American people to tell them what I saw was coming. And I was in my head the whole time I was writing and doing, I felt like I was doing it for the next generation. Yeah. Uh, as well as the people that were watching it then, but I felt like it was really for the children of the next generation when they would watch the reruns or whatever, which thank God they continued to do for all these almost 40 years. But it was a message for them because I knew that things were going to deconstruct and you know fall apart. And I, I wanted them to have the message of that that strong family, not not only is the father not an idiot, but the mother is not a submissive idiot either. They work together like the families of America do. The mother and the father work together. And that's like somehow not a good message anymore from people. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, they each have a job to do and it's for the future of the family to exist. So. I always knew that they were going to attack that and that I saw it. I saw the fathers leaving the home in my own community, uh, mm -hmm. whether to go to jail or or to be killed or whatever. I grew up in a working class community, so I saw it. But uh, it was like, it, it was just so by design and knowing my family coming from uh, Europe and going through the Holocaust and everything that this is always the way they do it. It, it. it isn't just America. It is always the way that the people at the top of the pyramid do things. That's how they do it. And they always attack at the bottom, not the top. Of course, never at the top. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about stand-up. Obviously, you were a comedian, and did, but you also were one of the great sort of uh, certainly females of stand-up, if not just stand-up, period. Uh, it, it seems like cancel culture and political correctness uh, is a real threat to just even stand-up comedy these days. Because stand-up only works, in my opinion, if there's, uh, if you're a little, if you're free to tell sort of the uncomfortable truths. I think part of what makes it great is like, you point out the thing that everyone knows but they can't really say. You know, they went after yeah. you. They went after, you know, Dave Chappelle, like, you know, one of one of the most brilliant, you know, when I think of like, you know, some of the skits from Chappelle show, you know, uh, the Clayton yeah. Bigsby, you know, the black white supremacist. I mean, like one of the greats of all time, you couldn't you couldn't even imagine doing it today. And yet, you know, every couple of months I, I like I get on, you know, you know, one of the things just to go play that because it was just so funny. You know, they went after Rogan uh, and now, you know, 
who the guys that were regarded as being you know great but also perhaps even left are are now sort of moving to the right uh, I, yeah. I think maybe because they've been penalized you know I mean, Rogan when you know I think he I don't, I don't think Rogan's a conservative I don't you know I, I think he's free to sort of think about different things and not be sort right. of stuck in one box but the second he said something even if it was like this is what someone said up oh! Racist, and the people that he probably thought he was more aligned with tried to cancel him so quickly. Now, so for you, when you travel around the country doing stand-up, do you think that more comedians, you know, think like you uh, that are willing to admit it? Do you think the damage to comedy in general is so severe because they're not able to, you know, to get there, right? They can't, like, you know what the punchline should be, but you can't quite do it uh -huh. because there are external forces working on you and they don't want to deal with the shit that they're going to have to deal with this days. Well, I think that that was true and it continues to be true a, a lot of uh, places all over the country, but Joe Rogan, which I always have to credit him, he started a club there in Austin, the uh, Mothership, in honor of Mitzi Shore, who was kind of our comedy mom in many in every way our spiritual comedy mom and uh in that club there there are comics who are keeping the spirit of comedy as uh the greatest weapon against the powers that be the establishment they're keeping that alive and i it's just so exciting to be part of it and to see how uh, you know, comics from all over the country are moving down there, including myself. That's why I moved to Texas to be That's part great. of that. It's a great renaissance. And no, nobody's afraid of anything down there. It's zero woke tolerance. And, uh, you know, the audience comes to be uh, challenged in their thinking. They love it. And every place I go, I remember, you know, me performing and, you know, how how the opinion of the audience has changed whether that's because people saw me differently and I attracted a different audience, I don't know, but they love it. People love when you're breaking, like you're like, pow, go right to the heart of it. They yeah. are standing and cheering for every joke. I'm getting like multiple standing ovations. And when I perform in uh, at Joe's club, it's the same thing. And it is the same for the comics, black, white, Asian, and Arab that are working down there. It's like, no, we will not be contained. We ain't going to bow to you. Comedy is a uh, power unto its own. It's a gift from God. And people feel like they're on a quasi-crusade to save it because it saves our country. To speak truth to power, they're not going to shut us up. We'll never be shut up, so fuck them. Well, I, I I love hearing that, especially in Austin. You know, not not exactly what we call a conservative especially place. Especially in Austin. I know it's Texas, I but like it's the People's Republic of Austin. I know. I was scared. My two kids, there, especially my daughter, she's still a friggin' Democrat, and I'd like to beat the shit out of her. But anyway, she's fifty, so I can't. But anyway, she goes, "Mother, don't go up there. It's a blue city. They're gonna hate you." And I had had a couple too many drinks, you know. So I'm like, ah, forget it. I'm going on. And she's like, mother. Anyway, so I went on. I killed. It, and I did all my anti-Hollywood, anti-Democrat material. And it just was like a, a, just such a gift to me. And these were young people in Austin. And I never quit. And they have helped me to make 
I hope the most offensive act I've ever done to uh, the powers that be, to the establishment, to these idiots who consider themselves to be geniuses, but all they are is political prostitutes in Congress. That's all they do is steal our money. And they helped me to create that. So I just feel great because I, I'm talking to people uh, who are not party affiliated and who are both party affiliated. Mm -hmm. And it's like my dream and, and they're, and they're racially mixed too. So it's like my lifelong dream that I could get through to everybody and go, come on, y'all, we have to do this together. Nobody's going to come and take care of it for us. This is our country and we have to be the people who take care of the stuff of our lives. We have to stop being big babies and do it ourselves, like we do in our family. We have to take care of our own communities together, not by fighting each other. They're just going to keep robbing us blind. We have yeah. to get control of, you know, the money. I, I love hearing that, right? Because I'm looking at the left these days. They want to silence, you know, their opposition. They don't want you to have a voice. They, you know, gave my father a gag order this week that he can't talk about the people that, you know, uh, you know, half the country realizes it's, you know, and probably more, just half the country's willing to say it's a political persecution. Uh, so but you see the left is supporting Hamas and terrorists. So I love dad. that you're able to I break know, but through. But what they're doing to your dad, what what this has done to your dad is a, I don't want this to sound wrong. It probably will though, but it's a gift to the rest of us to talk more and more and more about what they're doing to your dad and how that's going to trickle down to every one of us that we can't talk about their corruption we're not allowed to talk about their corruption and their violation of our civil rights of his civil rights of the the violation of our constitutional rights in this republic which is a constitutional republic so he's handing each and every one of us the torch if he's going to be silenced we're going to be even fucking louder we're going to well, be more present yeah and and i imagine just the act i mean you turn on you know when i turn on the tv or something like that you know what little i even watch these days it's like i see the narrative and i'm like I feel like I'm living in like the Truman Show. Like I'm waiting for a fucking camera to fall you out are. of the ceiling because it's like there's no way that I'm not the star of like some show because it's so ridiculous, right? You know, you're a bigot yeah. if, if you say that men can't get pregnant. Uh, you know, there's 9,476 genders as we've discussed. It, it's so, you know, men should, of course men can play women's sports. There's no biological, physiological advantage to that. Like they should be, you know, a six foot five dude that decides to become a female because they're a journeyman athlete can go on and win the NCAAs in swimming. That's from my alma mater at the University of Pennsylvania. Like as a comedian, while they've tried to silence you, I feel like we're probably living in the golden age of material. Yeah. Because they're giving Absolutely. you so much to work with. Like, I'm not a comedian. I'm not, I don't even think I'm funny. But, like, I can be funny because it's so asinine, you know, what they're giving yeah. you. I mean, it was someone with your yeah. experience, you're a genius at this. I mean, there must be a, it's like a godsend. It's, mana from heaven. Well, what I love about your dad is he is one funny guy. He's so hilarious, and um, I think that's part of why they hate him, too, because they hate humor. They don't have any sense of humor about themselves, which right there, that's what a fascist is, is yeah. as someone in power who has no ability to laugh at themselves, has no self-reflection, has, uh, you know, they look in the mirror and there's nothing there. 
you know, yeah. if you can't laugh at yourself, you don't have a soul. But your dad laughs at himself and he laughs at everybody else and he makes everybody laugh. And he has the, the heart of a comedian, which is why we all love him, because he's so funny. But uh, yeah, it, it's hard to make absurdity funny because it's so absurd. It's hard. <laughs> you want to cry, people. not laugh, but it, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just quote a headline and everybody busts up because it's so stupid. It's so beyond stupid. It's just are there, hilarious. Are, are there specific moments in your life that, you know, that stand out, that shaped your political views? I mean, I think you were sort of, you know, again, when you started doing this, you, there was always that sort of, let's call it populist mentality, you know, fighting for those communities struggling. I, were there moments in your life that did that, that actually caused you to change your views? Uh, you know, you, you grew up in Utah, but in a Jewish family, I mean, that's got to be kind of interesting. I mean, you know, how, how did yeah, the contrast of being we, a heavily, in a heavily Mormon community, being Jewish, shape all of that perspective? What stands out? Yeah, it was hard because we only had the one mother. <laughs> that took me I'm a waiting. second, but that was... I'm <laughs> waiting. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was a little a little slow on the draw there. I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh, yeah, okay, nice. Listen, what, <laughs> You but, couldn't talk yeah, about was, Utah without a little polygamy joke in there. I, yeah, yeah, I have to have a little joke. But it was kind of like being a stranger in a strange land in a way. But yeah, it was a real tight-knit, loving community. Anyway, you know, uh, you know, and uh, I learned so much there because the, the Mormon people, they really take care of their own. Man, yeah. they really do. They come to the aid of the of people in need. And I learned a lot from that, you know, from seeing it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it was kind of like they used to say, well, it's a real socialist place. My parents were socialists. My grandparents were socialists all the way back from Russia. And uh, like I say, this socialism ain't your daddy's socialism. Because my grandparents and parents' socialism was about building a middle class and having a good job and, you know, yeah. benefit. This one's just about riots and destroying everything. So it's not that. So it was seeing that and running and seeing how the socialist parties actually work. They worked exactly like the elitist parties. And, um, you know, they cheated me because I wasn't a doctor yeah. out of anyway. I just saw all the elitism in it. So I was like, just left that. And then when I uh, started becoming more and more middle uh, and I became, a, you know, more and more populist, and heard your dad and knew he was a populist too. And that that's what the majority of people who work for a living want in mm -hmm. this country. It's populism that actually delivers a solution to the problems instead of just yammering and putting the private, putting the public's money into private pockets. We actually want something for the taxes we pay. We want something back. That's what it means by the consent of the governed, because you get something back. That was so great about our constitution, that they that the government derives its power from the consent of the governed. That's, that's a partnership, but they've cut us out of that. 
And yeah. so, you know, course, I, I write a big check every year and I don't know what I get from the government. Uh, you know, the, the roads aren't good. So I'd say, hey, I get to drive on infrastructure. But even those are shit these days. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a great return on investment, uh, you know, as an American taxpayer right now. And the reason they get away with all of that is because of the narrative they use to convince the people that they're being betrayed by their neighbors rather than by the people at the top. Yeah. They never, ever are allowed to point that finger of blame upwards. That's what all that that's what all that mind control is about. You keep it lateral. Keep it lateral. Don't never, ever point it upward ever. That's yeah. what the mind control is about. And that's why I say it is that class war. Oh, it's your fault. You live around the corner and you, you know, or you live in the next neighborhood that's a little bit you know, wherever I can access and get to quicker, but never at the people at the top who are stealing all your money. Yeah. And who exist like parasites on your money. Nobody ever talks about that. Have you noticed that? They never talk about that. And all the talking heads on TV that talk about politics, particularly from the left, they're all pocketing the people's money to talk about how people uh, who voted for Trump are criminals. Yeah. No, they, you know, they, they want their kids to get a good education. They want to live their American dream, but they're terrible people. You know, it's, uh, it, it's truly mind boggling. But, you know, when, I, when I watched the, the rioting people. in Philadelphia last they week and the they, working people. Yeah, they, sorry, you, you can riot, you can loot, you can commit arson, but there's an excuse for that. That's different. That's social justice. It's OK. Uh, you know, but if, you, if your grandmother was within 1500 miles of you know, Washington, D.C. on January 6th, the FBI uh, pay to her a visit. If you're a concerned parent going to a PTA meeting and not wanting your children being indoctrinated with left-wing bullshit, you know, you're a domestic terrorist. You know who's not a domestic terrorist is the guy that drove a car uh, through a Christmas parade in Wisconsin. That, no, well, that's, that's a car drove through a parade, not, not a deranged, in that case, it was like clearly a black supremacist, I guess. Uh, you, you can't have that conversation. Well, they are using black people for sure as, you know, their cannon fodder and their reward for voting Democrat as a parent. Go to go to any blue city and count the number of homeless people and uh, people laying in the street. Most of them are black. Uh, black children are are mostly who makes up the uh, children of CPS that they lose and who die in foster care you know that's a reward for voting democrat and yet they won't wake up and the jews who vote democrat you know their their reward is coming with hamas in the streets of america yeah, do, do you think the so, last week you know, was an awakening to like left-wing jews uh i mean because again uh you know the the hatred no, I don't, not, not in palestine and israel but the hatred in you know, uh, Michigan and New York City, you know, like, you know, these places that you don't necessarily think of, you know, as having a lot of hate. Uh, man, uh, was that a rude awakening or not? You know, I, I would hope so, but it doesn't look like it is. Um, I don't think anything is going to wake up the Jews and the blacks who vote Democrat. They're so severely uh, mind controlled that they don't see that they're voting for their own demise. They just, I don't think they can get it, but it's just so sad because I've been so vocal for so long and I'm yeah. one of the few and you know, they just keep trying to shut me up. But 
you know, I, I'm going to keep saying it till I can't say it anymore that, you know, you're being used and, you know, it's your funding and participating in your own demise. You're colluding with people who hate you and want you dead. And, you know, I, 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 I don't see how they can read any kind of news and not know that except for they only watch news that's heavily yeah. controlled by their owners. Yeah, is, is that true or did you see it on CNN? <laughs> Two different things. It's like being in Egypt. I always say that it's like, you know, when, when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they say two thirds of them didn't want to leave slavery because they were comfortable there. They didn't want to wander in the desert for 40 years. They yeah. wanted to stay where they had TV and stuff, you know? Yeah, but, no, it's a you know, there's a price to, to, to mental freedom. And, you know, I guess if you don't want to pay it, then you got to pay the physical cost of it too. And, you know, you see all these Jewish kids attacking the white house saying, um, they're pro Hamas, like Jewish voice for peace and <laughs> yeah. all these people that are chickens for confront. KFC. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's That's crazy. my joke that they all stole, but I, <laughs> I, that was my joke. They got the chickens voting for Colonel Sanders, and they do. That's hilarious. I, okay, right. so I didn't realize that was your joke. I put up a meme about that the other day. It was like, you know, I, and you then there was the it. the rainbow trans, uh, you know, parade for Palestine. I'm like, you know what? I'll pay for you to go over there. I don't recommend going into any tall buildings because they'll throw you off. But like, you know, minor details. It's they are. They're they're voting for their own demise and and that's that's scary well, but they want to be they want to be every nazi's best friend that's what i said how come you want to be every nazi's best friend where they go well i have a jewish friend who says all the jews should be dead so that proves i'm not a bigot it's like all those people go well i some of my best friends are black and they like uh segregation too which is exactly what the Democrats are doing right now. Some of my best friends are black and they like segregation. I mean, it's all bullshit. It's a but, but Roseanne, but they are pushing for it. Bullshit. I mean, I read about schools now, colleges that, you know, there's the, you know, black only dorm and you can only go here. And then there's, you know, days where you can only, I mean, it's, they're literally creating. I was like, well, I, I, again, it's one of those times you, you read the story and you're like, I'm being punked. Is it April Fool's Day? But it, it's not. It's actually happening. And, you know, we're, we're reverting. Not we're, we're not. There's nothing progressive to use their terminology about these ideas. No, it's actually it, the opposite. It's regressive. Well, what it is, it's just an hourglass flip. It's the very same bullshit system, but they flipped it. And now they're, they're they hope that, you know, they hope that the schools are going to be like, you know, the black kids will get the most and the white kids won't just like they had where the white kids got the most and the black kids said, it's an hourglass flip, the same bullshit. They want to protect the system, not the students, where it should be something completely different, which, you know, when your dad talked about school choice, that's what it should be, yeah. where people are able to choose the education they want for their kids and get tax credit for it, where, where parents are able to control the curriculum they want for homeschool. I mean, I'm all for hedge, you know, it's called hedge schools. And I wish uh, I wish uh, people would educate themselves about that community schools where parents take the responsibility and uh, do something new, not the same old bullshit system. It isn't yeah. going to work.
Well, it listen, as, as the son of a billionaire from New York, I, I, I get to hear a lot about white privilege and all of these things. And yet, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know too many kids from minority classes or, you know, if they're trans or whatever, who would put that. They're just straight white kids uh, when they're applying to college. I think that's basically the kiss of death. If you're in the military and you become trans, it's like, that's like, you know, the fast track to being an admiral. You don't have to actually be good, but you check up a couple boxes uh, and, you know, you're rewarding that while simultaneously taking you know, a, a very large portion of the populace and being like, no, you're you're systemically oppressing people. You're bad because you were born white. You know, I don't know that I had any control over it. I don't think I did. Uh, That's the same bullshit system that everybody's talking about is oppressive. It is. It, it should never have an up and down to it. The, the, America should not be a system based on class and have, and have not or oppressed an oppressor. America should never be a, that way. America should be a place where we're free to rise because of the work we put in. Mm. And that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. What do, what do you think it is about your comedy and your writing that you've, you've been able to captivate audience, you know, decade after decade, right? So many people, they sort of, they fit well in, in, a, in a decade, but then it, they weren't able to change or you know, expand beyond that. It's sort of, you know, they, they were typecast to a period. Uh, you know, is there a formula for writing a joke that, that, that you can keep doing it year after year that you figured that out? Or is it, is it just so fluid that you're able to adapt and other people get too locked into their ways? I think it's because I'm just so damn sexy. I, I, I do, too. That's that. why, you know, when, when you got doing the interview from your bed, I was like, this is going to get interesting. I'm kind of it's kind of hot. <laughs> I live in I live here with my computer and my coffee and my bed. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's just because I, you know what, really, I, I've been like a mom since I was five and my brothers and sisters started coming and my mom worked and my dad worked and, you know, as a co-mom and uh, I just have a viewpoint of a mom, I think. And uh, I've always had that because it was always more, my, my thinking is always more we than me because I, 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 I was a mom. Yeah. figure or whatever you know the oldest daughter and everything and i was more about we and this group of our family and then our neighborhood and our community i was always thinking that way rather than me 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 you know everything i did i always was thinking i'm doing this for everybody who wasn't allowed to do it i'm saying this for the women or the people who were weren't allowed to say it before me so i always had uh I think it's a spiritual thing. I, I was raised really religious, and it's a God thing, too, because, uh, you know, I feel like God gave me a talent, and, of course, I've misused it sometimes irresponsibly. But uh, when I, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to please him, that I use it right mm -hmm. in the right way, you know, that's the one uh, rating that those are the ratings I like. Uh, yeah. I feel like, oh boy, and I feel at peace with myself that I did what I, I feel I I kind of was put here to do. When I'm living my purpose, I guess is a better way to say it. You know. Well, no, I think that's that's amazing. I mean, what, you know, one of the themes of this show is always talking about the parallel economy, right? We we see what woke corporate, what Hollywood would do to people who share my, you know, just even my basic. Uh, beliefs. You're now, and I was, you know, very involved with the company, you know, Public Square. Uh, they're going to be involved in, in sponsoring uh, your podcast on X. So I, I love that. It's literally the key tenor of the show. Yeah. Like, 
you know, stop funding the people who would put you in the gulags. Like you can, there, right. there are options. I mean, so I, I love that you partnered with Public Square. Tell, tell us a little bit about that as well as, uh, you know, the podcast uh, on X, you're gonna be on Locals. You know, you're, you're sort of getting into these areas where, uh, you know, free speech abounds. Uh, yeah. where, where we're pushing back against this, where we don't have to keep funding, uh, you know, our would-be oppressors or, you know, in many cases, just oppressors. Uh, talk about it yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, well, I'm doing that podcast uh, and, and uh, you know, just to have, you know, participate in the free market of free ideas, which is so important in our country and the world. And then I'm doing that... Uh, a public square thing is a comedy deal and i'm kind of it's kind of evolved i've only done one of them i'm only doing one a month but uh you know i kind of get to put together a sort of a movie thing it's like unfolding to be very a very satisfying creative thing and it's kind of starting out to be a reality show i did a few reality shows on tv that you know that was a whole oppressive horror I yeah. had to have an not a lot of reality in a reality show, right? Yeah, but I'm doing the one that's really about me that, you know, uh, they didn't, you know, I wasn't allowed to do on network about my real thing, which is, uh, you know, creating comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, being a comic, writing the stuff you go through to write and perform comedy. I think that's probably what's most interesting about me for the younger people that are online because comics and comedy is just so cool you know and that mm -hmm. i get to talk to other comics and help younger comics you know and they kind of look at me as a mom figure and uh, it's just so cool to be able to feed that and be part of it so that's my public square deal very cool. uh, thing that i'm doing. but it's fun because i'm also going to start doing like fake commercials and stuff like that in it. Oh, so I, I, I love that. And <laughs> like I said, we, we probably live in the golden age of material for you to work with talking about yeah. woke corporate versus not. And, you know, it, again, it, like the, the whole thing, you know, I, I met Michael Seifert from Public Square, you know, a little over a year ago. And I was like, you got to talk to this. I, I was sort of the conduit that introduced him to so many of the people that end up literally taking them public on the New York Stock Exchange because you know it's such an important thing and when you see every day just woke corporate canceling you crushing you taking your money that you work your ass off for and donating it to causes that you know not only can you not stand but are literally actively working against you your interests your family uh, it seems like a no-brainer and you know just the whole notion of public square being able to find you know, people and support yeah. businesses or find customers, depending on which side of you are, you know, whether you're the business or the customer, you know, of aligned values, it's such a no brainer. And right now, uh, the other side has been so weaponized for so long, it's just a, the natural step uh, if we want to have any say in the matter whatsoever in the future. Well, I think we're at a turning point, you know, uh, a lot of people that I talk with are calling it the fourth turning. Because yeah. it's like been a lot of turnings in my lifetime. But this turning is like that remind people that everything is set up to work for the good. Mm -hmm. And and the good comes through. Even though you go through a bad time and things go bad for a while, it does see, it does always work for the good, for the good of everything. Because that's what God does, you know. 
So this is a great awakening process and also a great unraveling of a process of the, the way power is constructed. Through laughing power to scorn, we're actually unraveling it. So comedy is very important. And also through our speaking with each other in a civil way to actually hear mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, share and, uh, you know, you know, give and back and forth in ideas, we are breaking the mind control and we're coming into new uh, unoccupied space where we can make improvements, go on, make everything better. I think it's going to be, we're on, we're on the precipice of a beautiful, beautiful time. And uh, that's why I like your dad so much when he talks about that. It's all going to be okay. We're going to, you know, it's it's going to be even better than it was. If we have that in our head, we make it happen. Yeah. And it's it, important it manifests to talk itself. about it. Yeah. We, we, we've been subject to the PSYOP for too long. It's gone so yeah. extreme. You know, people finally are getting it. You know, you get a couple more of those people and we can actually effectuate real change. And that's the thing. Yeah, there is a message of hope. It feels bleak. Uh, at times, but there, but there is a real message of hope. So I, I love that you're doing it. Well, I love the I'd like to give my advice for today's woman, because uh, we're coming to the end, right? Yeah, I'll probably. Get, probably wrap it up. Okay, my advice for today's woman: Women, keep your penis in your pants. <laughs> really, don't go exposing it to old women and children. That is just not ladylike. It's not the womanly thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's amazing. You know, I think I'm like, thank God, like I'm you know, I, I, I'm engaged, right? Like, because you know, if I was on the open market right now, like I just don't want that surprise. And then I'm you know, I get to be branded a racist when I throw up. If you know, it's just it's uh it it. It, it's a lot easier, yes. So I, I, de I definitely agree with the, the advice for women, and uh, you know, and maybe like men, if you're looking to get ahead, like don't turn into a woman, you know, a, a woman's athlete. Like there's there's other ways to get ahead. Like let let the women do well, good I at women's sports. Why like why men want to become women because it is a step up for them in so many ways. Exactly. So you yeah, know, may, maybe it kind of is. Maybe that's the logic, but uh, Roseanne, awesome to have you. Uh, I, I, I like know. toxic masculinity. Can I say that? I, yeah. I really respect toxic masculinity. I don't think it's toxic, though, but I, I wish there were some more men in America who would step up to protect the women and children like they're supposed to do. I don't know why they forgot that, um, but I wish it wouldn't be toxic for them to know that. I wish... I wish uh, I wish men would, you know, be the men they were born to be. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of them out there. I think they've been pushed into a corner, but uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's making a comeback. When you look at the world, when you look at what's going on, you know, uh, it, it's all fun and games until you know paragliders with machine guns start falling out of the air. Then you're looking for your redneck, toxic, masculine friend. Uh, so yes, you know, absolutely. I, I think it'll make a comeback in the long run. I think you know. I, I think women I appreciate so, it and get it. I really, I have two sons, and uh, you know, I uh, ha I have raised them to be the most toxic, masculine <laughs> things that I could do, and I give that as a gift to yeah. the world. 
Well, they, you know, I, I take it as a great compliment when you know these the leftists call me, you know, toxic, and they call me a savage. I'm like, yes, that I perfect, thank you. This is these are you know they they think of it as derogatory. I take it as a compliment. So I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I like it when that. they call me crazy because that means I make sense. Exactly. Yeah. These days. Uh, yeah. These days, their logic, reason, their science. Uh, d doesn't seem to line up. That's far more crazy and, and fictitious than anything. But now, Roseanne, I, I look forward to seeing uh, the podcast. Love that you're on Locals. Love seeing what you're going to do with Public Square. So I'm going to definitely have to go check uh, all of those things out. And Thanks so much for being here. How nice I to speak with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was God great. bless you. We'll have to do it again soon. I'd love it. Right. Be good. Roseanne, thank you so much again for all of that. Just absolutely spectacular. Guys, make sure that you like, share, subscribe. So this kind of messaging, this kind of programming can get out there that we can beat the matrix. We can beat the algorithms and big tech and woke corporate and everyone that's fighting against us. Also, make sure to check out the great folks over at GoldCo. Learn how to diversify your portfolio. Learn how to get rid of some of the economic anxiety and be prepared. Let GoldCo take you through all the reasons why you'd want to have some precious metals in your portfolio. Go to donjr.com, uh, donjrgold.com, D-O-N-J-R-gold.com. Learn more. Let them walk you through the process. Check out the awesome folks over at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Like we talked about the whole show, vote with your wallet. Support the companies that share your beliefs, not the people that would put you in the gulags. You get the same dependable service, but a portion of every dollar goes to fighting for the things that you believe in. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the sanctity of life, our brave police and first responders, fighting school board battles. You can get free activation from Patriot Mobile by going to patriotmobile.com slash triggered. You're going to have a cell phone in your pocket one way or the other, folks. So do it with someone who's giving back to the stuff that you believe in, not to the causes and the people and the companies that hate your guts. Go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered. And I also want to introduce you to a brand new sponsor, Constitution Wealth, where you can align your money with your values. We talk about it over and over on the show, guys. Support the companies who are supporting you. At Constitution Wealth, you can be empowered to make financial decisions to protect your and your family and your interests while aligning with your patriotic, freedom-loving values. Reject woke ESG madness. Get a financial plan with a conservative value-based outcome. At Constitution Wealth, they rep respect liberty, freedom, and believe in helping people fulfill their God-given potential. And their key promise is giving you the resources you need to accelerate your financial performance centered around your values. Okay, that's what our sponsors are all about, guys. So learn more and schedule a free consultation Go to constitutionwealth.com slash D-O-N-J-R. That's constitutionwealth.com slash Don Jr. D-O-N-J-R. Learn, educate yourselves, make wise decisions. But again, do it with companies who actually believe in what you believe, that they have the guts to support a show uh, like what we just had. Uh, that says a lot. So check out all these guys. Uh, you won't regret it. Talk to you soon, guys.